As a sales manager, you are judged by the performance of your team and you're praised when they do well. But one thing that you've not been able to figure out is how to get everyone on your team consistently hitting quota every single month. On the Snack Size Sales Podcast, we discuss the science of selling STEM. Sales leadership in the science, technology, engineering, and manufacturing fields is difficult. You will learn from sales managers just like you that will give you actionable insights and tips on how to develop as a leader and achieve your revenue targets every single month. So pop your headphones in and get ready to listen to my guests today. They will give you information and inspiration to ensure that you have actionable insights that you can put into place today. Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Science of Selling STEM. Today, I am so excited that I have Tom Slocum here with me. How are you, Tom? I'm doing good, Wesleyan. How are you? I'm doing awesome. Let me tell you guys a little bit about Tom. He is a sales leader with over a decade of sales experience. He finds his passion in helping startups scale their go-to-market teams and enabling sales reps to be more human in their outreach. He is currently the community manager of Rev Genius, which is where B2B communities come to scale. So how did you start 10 years ago in sales and now you have this amazing community? What was your journey? Oh, uh, this is a good one. You know, it's not linear. It's always crazy and out of the ways. You know, I started early on when I was uh, 17, 18 years old. I had the opportunity to get an outbound cold calling for Discover Card. My stepmother was uh, working there for about over 15 years, got into it, started doing balance transfers um, and got into calling people up, right? You got credit cards, move your balances. From there, kind of dove into car sales. I went into car sales, so I started selling cars for a couple of years. Went into real estate um, and just kind of bounced around in this sales atmosphere until about 2010, where I kind of jumped into the corporate kind of sales world of real cold calling, all the terminology by getting into for-profit education. So I worked for a company called Argosy and was an admissions counselor. Found the first time ever kind of using an auto dialer, just having conversations with people that filled out like contact us forms when they were trying to go through to get to like the stuff they were looking for. You want to learn more about college? And we would call them, find the real ones, you know, the diamonds in the rough. <laughs> and so I did that for a couple of years and then moved into Yelp, GoDaddy, and kind of progressed through the sales world to where now I got into building and scaling sales development teams. Back in 2017, I found sales development in my niche, that top of funnel prospecting, getting into that beginning top of funnel focus. But that's what I started doing for the last five years. And now I've had the privilege to build a community and coach from the side and help SDRs, you know, with their messaging, with the way they're doing things. Um, and now I run a community in doing so. So it's just been a fun ride. I've done a lot. Uh, I've worked all over learning from different places. And uh, yeah, it's been a great journey. But here I am, you know, calling everything under the sun. And uh, I love cold calling. It's a good time for me. So question for you, because so often when people talk about sales or I talk about sales, we compare it to being, well, I'm not a used car salesperson. I'm not a car salesperson. So you actually were a car salesperson. So tell us how that actually helped you to do what you're doing today. It was really such a good foundation for me because, you know, you had to grind the phones. You had to call people. You had to learn follow up. My very first time, you know, they teach you to work within your network. So I already started tapping into my friends that were graduating high school. Their parents were looking for cars. 
all of my junior class friends that were still there. So I started calling them and saying, Hey, I can help you out. You know, let me give you a deal. And so it just really taught me about boots on the ground, the hustle of the game. It really helped me understand that there is a science to sales. It's not always an art. There is science to what we do. And then there's ways to word choice. There's ways to ask leading questions. And my biggest takeaway I learned in sales is something that's very hard in cold calling is I had a tangible, I had a car. Okay. I had the ability to put you in a car, take you for a test drive, let you see and test the product while I'm pitching you and discussing with you. You can't do that in a cold call, right? You're pitching just with words. There is no, we're not getting to do this face to face. It's all words. So what I learned how to do from selling cars is create the car for them. Get my buyer, get my prospect and the idea of they are in the car. What would it be like, Wesleyan, if you had better podcasting tools? Talk me through that. What would you use them for? Oh, I would do that. And you start visualizing what it would look like to be in that vehicle or that new solution that now I'm able to kind of get you to use your own words and be bought into it. That when you go home and back to your old products, you're like, darn, Tom showed me this thing today and I tested it. And that was just so cool. I wish I had it. Now you're coming back to me and we're talking um, because I was able to put a thought to a visual uh, to help you see. So that was my biggest takeaway from car selling is, is how to get that same element, but on a cold call. Wow. You actually reminded me of something because I started my career in capital equipment. So I sold a tangible, right? And now I'm selling more like a service or like some people call it a warm fuzzy when you're selling training or consulting. And a lot of times what I do is I do think about that experience, right? It's like, okay, when I sold a tangible, I would demo it. And during the demo, it's like, this is what you have to see. This is what you have to do in order for them to check the box. And that's the same thing that I do now in a service-based business. And you touched on something that made me get excited. You said that there is science in sales. Yes, yes, yes. That's what this is all about. So tell me, why do you say that? Why do you say that there is a science to sales? Because I'm all about formulas, frameworks, data to empower an individual to find where to succeed. There is an art. I agree. There is an art to what we do sometimes. And it is a creative market that you've got to be creative on the phone. You've got to be creative in your messaging. And there is a little bit of an art. But we can't deny the fact that there is a secret to success. There is a formula. There is a method to the madness and why you're seeing the success that you're seeing. And too many people can't see it sometimes. You'll ask them, what's helped you be so successful? I don't know. It just kind of happens. No, it doesn't. Really go inward and really understand the science to what you do. There are repeatable steps that you take. There are repeatable things that you do that lead to what you're seeing as success. It's not just falling into your lap. It is those things. So When I coach, when I train, I teach formulas. I don't want to create repeat people. I'm teaching you a formula that if you learn it today, you're going to be able to take it to everywhere you go. Small plug, I have my cohort program going and the member said that to me this morning. Tom, what I love about what you're teaching me is these worksheets I'm going through. I might get promoted in six months and go to a different company, but guess what? I can go through these again. I said, yes, you get it. These are repeatable. I'm teaching you how to be successful as an SDR across multiple companies, not just the place you work. And too many people, they only get good at where they're at. And if you put them in another position, they fail. And they're like, why can't I find the same success? And it's like, because you just use frameworks and scripts and never found out your method and your science to what you do to make it repeatable no matter where you go. Salespeople should be able to pick up anything and sell in your own way. Sell me this pen, you should be able to do on a quick of a dime because that's just what you do and you have a formula in your mind and there's a science to what you're gonna do. There's gonna be some iterations and some levers you're gonna pull, but you know your core and you know your science to it. I also believe in data. 
pulling the levers. I love metrics. I don't lead with metrics. All right, Wesleyan, I'm not one of those. I lead with people over metrics, but there is a science to it. There is knowing what your numbers are and making sure that you're at least practicing those behaviors. A basketball player knows, hey, my first five baskets are my warm up. I might not hit all of them, but I need to get the motion. I need to get going. I know that once my fifth shot comes from there, I can start getting, you know, I got to warm up. I got to get the legs going. Um, and so you need to know what those minimums are. You know, if it takes you the last quarter, 50 dials to get a, a conversation, but you make 30 dials a day for a week and you're like, what happened? I can tell you what happened. You didn't hit your science. You didn't hit the math. If you hit the math, now we can pull some levers and play with it. So that's my long-winded answer to why I believe there is a science to what, you know, is behind the door of sales. I couldn't have said it better myself. I am a chemist by trade. And so when you say there's a formula, that's why I was holding my heart. I was like, yes, there is a formula. There is a formula to this, right? There is a method to the madness. And, you know, mm -hmm. I actually just had a very heated discussion today Ooh. with the CFO at a company because he was saying, well, this person didn't work for this sale, so they shouldn't be paid commission on it. I said, Ooh. no, I don't believe that. Just because they didn't send the quote doesn't mean that they didn't work for it. They had to follow up. They had to call somebody. They had to send an email. They had to do something in order for the company to cut a PO, right? And so I think it, there is so much of a science to what we do, especially in these very, very technical fields that we use. And as leaders, what we should hope that we are doing is imparting on our sales people, our AEs, our sales reps, every salesperson that we touch, we want to give them a repeatable formula where they can be excellent here and anywhere else, right? That is the goal. That's the goal is, is we can't confine somebody to only be good at one place. We've got to empower them to just, that's why I've done a lot. You heard my story in the beginning. I've worked everywhere, but I've never failed for performance ever. Um, and it was simply because I had a repeatable process. And it took me a few years to figure it out. I'm not saying it was easy. I was one of those people that, I don't know, I just do it, right? It's just me. But it took me some time to understand that there is a science, there is a formula. You have to dig in a little bit and understand your subconscious is running on repeat and kind of going through those formulas. You just don't get it. But once you sit down and go through it, you're like, oh, yeah, I do always say that one line or yeah, this is kind of what I do every day or how I at least mindset wise go into every call. Okay, that's a formula. That is a science to what's making it happen because if you remove that part of the, the formula, boom, the chemist lab is blown up, right? You missed an right. ingredient and now it's splattered all over the wall. Your mom's mad. The kitchen's got spaghetti everywhere and you blew up the whole you know volcano on the, the counter because you got to have those formulas and those repeatable things. Um, and there's a science to it. And then you coach to it. Now you tweak the formula, right? right? Like now we're in the lab um, and we're going at it and we're saying, okay, let's sprinkle a little bit of this in there. All right, let's pull this one a little bit. Oh, look at that balance there. Perfect. Right there's your sweet spot. Or, oh, you know what? Humor isn't something you can do, Wesley. Let's just kind of take that piece out, right? It's going to cause an explosion. Or, you know what? I like where that tip was going, but I don't think it works best for you, right? Let's try to make it a little bit a little bit more sprinkle of this and that and kind of make it yours. Now try this. So it's just a mat, you know, managing that, learning your people that you work with. They are your unit. They are your team. Get to know them on that level because that way either they might not be able to see it, but it's your job to coach them to it um, and find it and say, hey, from what I've seen, here's your strengths. Here's where you are good at. Here's where we need to, you know, mess with the ingredients a little bit and kind of find a better formula for you. Absolutely.
That is awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. My magic little formula, which is not really magic, is people plus process equals profit. Simple. Get the right people on the bus, give them a process, and the company will be profitable every day, all the time. So you transitioned from being really in a business to consumer space into the corporate B2B space. So talk us through that transition. When you went into the corporate space, did you immediately start managing teams or did you um, start as individual contributor? So I started as an individual contributor. I was about the third or fourth team member on there. I had just made the big jump. I got through the VP questioning on, you know, hey, you're SMB, how are you going to kill it in enterprise space? You know, convince me, right? So I nailed that, got in, and then I, I showed up, right? I showed them that, hey, talking to an SMB owner is the same as talking to a CEO. I look equal to you. I'm not looking up. I'm not looking down. You're a person. I'm a person. Let's have a conversation. It's And again, I knew my formulas, Wesleyan, right? Like it didn't matter. I knew Give me anything. I know my formula and I've got, I promise you, I'll, I'll get you the results you're looking for. And so I did immediately took an ownership and building out the team, right? Moving up, coaching, teaching others because I was getting really fast wins um, and I was very aggressive. They had a call minimum of about 35 dials a day. I was doing 125 a day and I was pushing <laughs> and I was, <laughs> team was mad at me very early on. They're like, dude, can you chill out? Like our minimum is 35. You're going over here. And they were maybe doing 50. You know, they were hanging back, booking one every couple of days. And here I am from an SMB world where I had to book three meetings a day. I had to pitch once a day. I had to close a deal a day. I knew how to hustle because it was SMB. So unfortunately it didn't click for me to slow down or be like, oh, I need to take this enterprise space a little different. I was out there. I used my formula and I was aggressive. So I got that leadership role and I started building out the team. We ended up getting to 30 reps in three years and you know, closed over 15 million and did a really good job with the team and put us in a position to win. But it was hard at first. Enterprise was different. I had to adapt to multi-threading. I had to find a science behind the math, lean on the customer success team, lean on the account executives, understand, and then take my formula and apply it now to this space using those same functions and finding a formula that would work. So one thing I kind of want to pause just because it seems like you're pretty good at breaking things down and explaining. I have a very wide range of listeners. So not everyone is from this tech space that understands what an SDR or an AE or customer success is. So walk us through in a typical SaaS company, which is software as a service. I try to not do acronyms. Software as a service. Um, how does that work? You mentioned SDR, top of the funnel. You mentioned AE. You mentioned customer success. How does that work? Oh, this is a fun space. SaaS, right, is a really great industry. Uh, it's booming. Everybody's transitioning into it. We have an influx of rules. Everybody, it's a wild west out here. It's anarchy and the world of SaaS. But it's basically a service a product that is a service that helps somebody along in their market, right? So it could be lead data. We're a service that provides lead enrichment for you that if you have Wesleyan, I can enrich that and give you her phone number, her mobile number, her email. I could tell you a little bit of more information about her. So that's a service they sell to help their sales development rep, that top of funnel folk who's doing the outreach, be empowered with more information, right? Simple SaaS product, but most of the companies are built where you want to buy that product, you go on their website, you put in a demo request, or you get luck of the draw and an SDR calls you. An SDR is a sales development rep who is out there cold calling and going to market pitching this service. So instead of waiting on inbound and the company waiting for people to come to them, these people are out there bringing awareness, having conversations, hearing objections, hearing everything that the market is saying, and then bringing that back to the team. 
with the intent to book a meeting and bring prospective buyers into the pipeline. Once they end there, they book a meeting. So I called you, Wesleyan, it's Tom. I'm calling you know about this. You say yes to a meeting, let's say. I'm now gonna book that meeting and then pass you to my account executive. And the account executive is now gonna demo you, have that discovery with you, talk with you, find your pains, guide you through their amazing product and service and how great it is and not really talk to you, right? They're gonna talk at you. I'm just kidding, no shots at my AEs. I love y'all. But you know, they'll give you that rundown and then you're passed off to a customer success manager if you do close, right? Say you buy, now you're handed off and you will have an account manager, like most people know it, your customer success team, that's gonna be there to guide you in your journey with this company now. So that's kind of the main SaaS industry is you've got that SDR entry level role. That's where you're coming in to kind of learn the market, learn the buyer, be out there testing messaging and working with marketing. And then AE is the closer, they're eating, they're helping the customers. And then you've got customer success, which is managing that account moving forward um, and being that resource for that, that new client. So it's a crazy industry. It's tech sales. It's awesome. You know, you're providing great tools. They're start, I mean, a new software is coming up by the day. It is insane now in 2022, how many companies are coming up. You got the startup world and then you've got, you know, seed stages you got to look at and what's an enterprise versus another term is mid-market, small business. There's a lot, but it is a, a fun environment. There's a lot of opportunity within it, but that's a little bit of a five-year-old explanation of, of how that customer journey would go in the SaaS world. I love it. I love it. And, you know, I simply put it, sales is not just sales, right? And right. so when we think about having our sales team, if you're outside of the SaaS world and you don't have those three distinct buckets, I always say sales is broken into three things. You have the prospect, the nurture, and the close. And that's literally what you just went through in talking about how SDR prospects, the AE is nurturing, and then the customer successes, once they close, making sure that everything is going well. So as you stepped into leading this team, you were number three on the team. You grew it to be 30 people, $15 Mm -hmm. million. Why did you decide that, hey, I really enjoy what I'm doing, but this isn't what my final purpose is. This is what I want to do for the rest of my life. You know, the universe wouldn't leave me alone. You never realize how often that things around you keep pushing you back to the direction you need to go. You know, I was running these teams. I was having a time of my life and then COVID happened. And, you know, I got empowered to realize my worth, my value, what I could really do in my career because I was in this little silo of my own kind of here in the States, in Arizona, doing my thing, killing it with these companies. And I stepped out and started building a social brand on LinkedIn. And I started getting around other like-minded individuals that were like, yo, what are you doing? Like, you should be over here doing this kind of stuff. And I was like, really? And I kind of got unlocked with my potential. And I started just helping people, one-offs, talking with them. And then it kind of just stumbled on, you're a really good coach. You're really good at applying these things and and helping. And now here I am running a community with it, right? I, I jumped into Rev Genius a year and a half ago, July of 2020. And I built a channel within there for SDRs. So like we mentioned in the beginning, right? Rev Genius is a Slack community where companies come to scale. B2B companies come to scale. We've got marketing, RevOps, all those roles you talked about, right? And people get to come in there and collaborate in a big environment. Well, I started handling the sales development side because that was my role. I wanted to stay there with the peeps. I was in four walls. I was like, hey, hey, can I hang with the homies? So I hung out with the SDRs, right? And then it got bigger and more people kept coming and we started collaborating a lot more. And next thing you know, I was building out this mini micro community and now it's a paid program. And it's like, yo, just do this full time. 
And I was like, oh my God, I love this. And so it kind of stumbled for me. I finished my junction with Milestone. I got them in a position to win with my team. We worked together. They were in a good place. And I said, you know what? I'm out. I'm going to quit the nine to five. I'm going to try this. You know, it's scary, but I had a network. I had friends and I didn't feel I was doing it alone. And so I took the dive. And now I'm all in with Rev Genius, building this amazing community and coaching, you know, sales development from the side. Never would have thought this was the end destination. I was trying to go VP of sales, continue that journey, right? These startups I was at, I was kind of in those roles. And I was like, you know, I want to keep going up. I was a sales guy at heart. People say they didn't grow up to be in sales, but, but Tom Slocum did. I, I love those movies. I love the suit. I love the business. You know, I loved all of that, but that's what I wanted to do. So this is a little bit different, but I'm, I'm loving every minute of it. It's been good to just feel like I'm making an impact and, and uh, helping people get better at the job day by day. Mm, the impact of coaching. It is so, so important. And you've been on the inside as well as on the outside. How is it different actually being that manager, working with those reps day in and day out versus being on the sideline, kind of being their coach on the outside? Gosh, uh, less stressful. At the end of the day, I get to be a little bit more free with them because I have nothing invested, but genuine investment and care in helping them succeed. I don't have a manager on top. I don't have a, you know, people that I'm answering to. I just get to freely coach these people on what actually is their problem right now versus actually owning my team, right? Which I still love. I had a team of 30. We had a team of seven when I finished that milestone. You know, we've been able to coach these teams, but you got to worry about numbers. You got to worry about firing people, hiring people the personal element of all of that, right? And, and understanding that. And you don't always get to be there for the people like you'd like to be. There was days where I couldn't be there for them. Um, and I, it bugged me, right? Because I had fires to put out and things. But doing this now where I'm not with the company tie, I am just there for the individual and coaching them personally and whatever that might be, life. I know I've had some coaching calls where it's just shooting the shit. We're just talking. They needed the soundboard to where some days we're deep in the lab. All right, show me what you're working on. Let's let's fix some things. And then they go out and win. And I don't have to worry about the other parts of it. So it's a big different walk of life. I feel that I have the opportunity to spread my wings and fly, be a lot freer in my coaching and really be invested in the individual versus you know when I was doing it from a company level and, and the politics and all the stuff within the, the company side of stuff. Yeah, one thing that I often hear from my clients as well as other coaches is that people really like having that third party unbiased opinion. And it's like, I know that you are telling me to do this because it's going to help make me better, not because it's going to help the company in any way, which yep. again, as a manager, that's what you have to do. But when you take a step and invest in yourself or your company invests in you to give you a third party outside opinion, it just helps accelerate your growth. It really does because you're able to go all in deep in it. And uh, I don't have to worry about the goals and the other stuff. I can just generally help this person win in some capacity. So it's a fun ride. I have a lot of wins. It's been great to just watch people come back a few days later and, you know, say, hey, what you did helped me. And there's a lot of great coaches out there. There's a lot of great opportunity out there. And I've always believed in being, you know, I hate to say sports again, but you see the head coach on the side of the court, the field. But then they have other eight coaches with them. It's not just them. They have a wide receiver coach. They have a running back coach. They have a defensive. I think we should all be working together to help the individual and coach together. I don't know everything, but I'll do my best to help you. And if I don't, I'm going to plug you with other coaches that I have within my community and niche down on, you know, hey, it's an email. Great. I got an email coach for you. Let's talk about that. Somebody who's a subject matter expert that can really coach you to that. I can give you some high level, 
but let's get you in the lab with the right you know person. So it's all about that ecosystem and being able to just coach from the side. So I'm curious, typically SDRs are kind of like the lowest person on the totem pole. They're not compensated that highly. Are you typically getting companies sponsor these SDRs or are they investing in themselves? So that's a great question. This is what we've been testing for a couple months now. It looks like what we're seeing is uh, the companies, they're sponsoring the individuals. They want it. They're digging it. They're really enjoying the extra support on the side. You know, we're talking to startups. We're talking to some really early on companies that are just deploying their team. And they're trying to put out all the other fires. They're VP of sales. They're marketing. They're doing it all. And unfortunately, the demand for sales development right now is so high most of the seasoned people are plugged in. They're good. They're at where they're at. So everything that's coming in is new. College graduates, teachers transitioning, a lot of people transitioning in. So I'm kind of finding this lane where, oh man, I could take that risk, bring that person in, but I've got this community and Tom kind of coaching from the side to get them up to speed. Oh, all day. Like, yes, I sponsor that. I'm going to bring these people in and then I'm going to throw them in your community and let's go, right? And let's get going. Individuals are doing it as well, but it's just a little bit lower. $500 per year for the rep right now. Um, and so not all of them are like, oh, I've got 500 lying around, right? Because they're not getting the coaching and development they need. They're not getting it. Yeah. So, and they're not getting paid comp and whales. So we're kind of going on the company angle. They're getting sponsored. We're using their training and learning development budgets to you know, come in and apply. And then we're bringing them in that way. So it's been really great. Companies are awesome. We've partnered with a few and our programs, even for seasoned vets, I have a lot of seasoned people. This isn't a boot camp. This isn't just, you know, the novice. I've got vets dying for attention, looking to level up in their career. Some of them are looking to go into AE, other roles, and they need that support. That's where my community is helping them. We've got a career learning development series every Friday. I bring in people that used to be SDRs that went into other things, customer success, rev ops, marketing, and have them come for an AMA and ask me anything for one hour. And they share their story and we talk about it. And these people can ask like, how did you do this? How did you find what skills worked for you? So they can start learning, you know, what's next for them because that's what they're dying for. They want that next step. Not I'm already thriving and the meetings booked and stuff, but I need more. I've got that for you. Come in here and let's help you. So my reps are getting new jobs. They're moving on. They're finding opportunity. They're getting progress. Progression is really what's happening within the community from day one on you're progressing. Growth. And so I hope that all of the CEOs, VP of sales, SCR managers, you realize how important it is to invest in your people, right? Like if you invest in your people, my LinkedIn banner actually says, do you want a top performing team? Invest in your people, literally. That's what you have to do. You can't just throw money at ads or this or that. Like you literally have to invest in your people. And so I love that you have a space where people can come no matter if it's their first day or their 500th day doing this job and they can really learn from each other. You've given us so much, but I wanna see, is there one thing within your career, within your journey that you are especially proud of? Oh, this. What I've been able to achieve here truly has been the biggest win of my life is being able to finally just invest in people. I love giving, I love helping, and I'm passionate about being able to do this now. I never would have thought I would be not in the corporate world on a paycheck, doing all this life and you know, worrying about where my next you know, job was going to come from. Now I'm kind of building my own little lane within the community with the support of my team at Rev Genius and now here I am investing in people and it's been a year and a half. I've impacted at least 200 people like as a friend of something that's genuine and uh, I hang my hat on it. And a prime story is one of my members, Elliot Garcia, you know, shout out to him. 
he's kind of my poster child um, and he knows it. He's out there all the time making a lot of noise. And he was a guy that a year ago joined the community with me and was, you know, working at a, a service industry business, booking 30, 40 meetings a month, but like going nowhere. It was a very, really unknown company, very small place. And he was in the big leagues with all these people in SAS, all these other SDRs crushing it. And he came in and just started killing it, learning, networking with the members, you know, and then really saying, Tom, help me. Like, how can I level up? And he leaned in and a few months later, he 3 x his income and broke into SAS and was able to kind of position himself and now is showing others that that's possible. And he's been my poster child since day one and he knows it and I can't thank him enough. And he took on and now he's giving back and now he coaches in the community and now he helps others and he, you know, is always our hype man. And uh, so that's my biggest accomplishment is having multiple of those stories um, and the people that have helped at the companies that I've scaled of now being here and doing it for a living. Uh, I couldn't be more proud of it. And I love hanging my hat on it. Ah, spoken like a true coach. The thing that you are most proud of is a person that you've impacted, a cause yeah. that you have given to. It's not that I've made millions of dollars. I've closed so many deals, but I've impacted this person's life. And we all know that being in sales, a sales career can absolutely change the trajectory of your life, right? Yes. Because yes. the harder you work, the more you make, the more you make, the more you can do, right? Whether it's your individual family, your extended family, if you have family mm -hmm. overseas, wherever that is, you are able to impact lives. And so you're doing that each and every day. You're 100% right. It's, you know, closing deals is always still a thrill to me. Getting that yes on a booked meeting, I still love every part of, of the sales aspect. And like you said, I tell people all the time, I'm, I'm working with a teacher right now, transitioning into SAS. I'm working with him. He's going to try to break in in May, but he's already in my community learning and evolving. So he's ready. Right. And he personally made that investment. And so I'm helping him and he's a teacher and he's like, I could do the best work with these students and the teacher across the hall can do the worst job. And we make the same at impact or same money. Right. And it's just awful when I watch everybody, you know, and I'm like, man, it's sales. You want to work harder, you're going to get compensated for being harder. They're, it's uncapped and they really mean that. The company will pay you if you win. 100%. You want more money? Great. Bring me more money. I got you. Like, let's let's get you paid, but like, let me win first. Let me get my money. So you bring it in, they're going to take care of you. And that's why a lot of people freak out about base and comp. And that's a whole nother combo, right? And we talk about it, but it's okay with comp. It means that it's uncapped. Go out and hustle. And if you want to make more money, that's why I live my whole career. Me and my family wanted to go on vacation. I planned it three months ahead. I worked that backwards on how much I needed to make. I did the science, Wesleyan, on where I needed to be. And I hit my money. And then I made my trip, right? And I was like, all right, I got to book 10 more meetings for the next three months. And if I do that, I don't break my bank. I'll just go make more money. And then I would take that trip and go, right? You could always plan. You want to go buy a new couch? Cool. Run your numbers. What do you need to make? Go buy a new couch. And you can do that. So it's just a great industry, but it's about impacting the people. That's where we're falling right now is the people. Yeah, that is awesome, awesome, awesome. This has been an amazing conversation, Tom. I think we could go on and on for hours. This has been so rich and I feel like you're a kindred spirit doing what I do for sales managers, really doing it at the grassroots level. Those people who are stepping their toe into sales, like, okay, I want to transition. I want to try. I want to do. And because of what you're doing, you make sales managers jobs easier. So keep doing the good work. That's it. That's it. I'm here to help. Uh, that's all it is. Here to help align and, and do anything I can to make, you know, help you all out. That's it. We just got to get back to the people.
you got stuff to work on. You can't always answer that, but don't make it an ego thing. Don't let your team suffer. Invest in them. If you can't do it, find them the help that can, right? And win for them. Hey, I can't give you this much one-on-one time, but you know what? Check out this community. Tell me what you think. I could drop you in there and they'll help you, right? As I navigate what I need to navigate with you. It's super easy stuff. Or hey, check with Wesleyan, right? Get a coach. I think you should talk with her. I'm going to talk with her. If you like her, we'll align. Make sure you're getting what you need. And like, I'm going to get you that support. That's a good leader. Just like when you're selling stuff, you don't always have to solve the problem or be the hero. Make them the hero. Show them where you can direct them. I don't always, my tool may not be great for you, Wesleyan, but I've got five friends who could be good for you. It's okay. I love it. I love it. I love it. And Tom, if people want to get in touch with you, what is the one best way? My communities. I'm all over it. Uh, RevGenius is free. So RevGenius.com is the big uh, community. So if you're in sales, come join us. You're going to get 20,000 friends. It's no cost to you. I'm there. I'm the community manager. Again, I have my other community. And then LinkedIn. LinkedIn's where I'm always at. I'm big on there. I love it. So LinkedIn or my community is probably where you're going to get the quickest response from me. Thank you so much for sharing your time, your talent, and your energy with us today. I have thoroughly enjoyed it. I have as well. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored. This was really, really fun. You made it easy. This was just conversational uh, and a good time. Awesome. And that was another episode of The Science of Selling STEM. Remember, in all that you do, transform your sales. Until next time. Thank you for joining us today on the Snack-Sized Sales Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe and leave us a review. Learn how to continue increasing your bottom line by getting simplified sales strategies delivered to your inbox weekly by going to www.snacksizedsales.com. Trust me, your bank account will grow and love you.